0: Good morning. Hope you had a good Halloween. I hope you enjoyed your extra hour of sleep last night, and I hope you're ready for the this week's uh, true crime story: the Golden State Killer. The Golden State Killer is a serial killer, serial rapist, and burglar who committed at least 13 murders, more than 50 rapes, and over 100 burglaries in California from 1974 to 1986. He is believed to be responsible for at least three crime sprains throughout California, each of which spawned a different nickname in the press before it became evident that they were committed by the same person. In the Sacramento area, he was known as the East Area Rapist and was linked by a modest operandi to additional attacks in Contra Costa County in Stockton and Modesto. He was later known for Southern California crimes as the original Night Stalker. He is suspected to have begun as a burglar, the, the salier ransacker before moving to the Sacramento area based on a similar modus operandi and circumstantial evidence. He taunted and threatened his victims and employees in obscene phone calls and other communications. During the decades-long investigation, several suspects have been cleared throughout DNA evidence, alibi, or other investigative methods. In 2001, DNA testing indicated that the East Area Rapist and the original night stalker were the same person, the case was a factor in the deception of California's DNA database, which collects DNA from all accused and convicted felons in California and has been called second only to Virginia's effectiveness in solving cold cases. To heighten awareness that the uncaught killer operated throughout California, crime writer Michelle McNamara coined the name Golden State Killer in early 2013. The Federal Bureau- the Federal Bureau of Investigation, FBI, and local law enforcement held a news conference on June 15, 2016, to announce a renewed nationwide effort offering a $50,000 award for his capture. On April 24, 2018, authorities charged 72-year-old United States Navy veteran and former police officer James, Joseph James D'Angelo with eight counts of first-degree murder based upon DNA evidence. This was also the first announcement connecting the Visalia ransacker crimes to the Golden State Killer. Due to the California Statute of Limitations on pre 2017 rape cases, D'Angelo cannot be charged with the 1970s rapes, but he was charged in August 20, 2018 with 13 related kidnapping and abduction attempts. Crimes. DNA evidence links the Golden State Killer to eight murders in Goleta Ventura, Dana Point, and Irvine. Two other murders in Goleta, lacking DNA evidence, are linked by a modus operandi. Investigators suspect the same killer was involved in three other murders, two in Rancho Cordova and in Vesalia. The offender also committed more than 50 known rapes in California counties of Sacramento, Contra Costa, Stanislaus, San Joaquin, Alameda, Santa Clara, and Yolo, in addition to hundreds of incidents of burglars, thefts, vandalism, peeping, stalking, and prowling. Vesalia Ransacker, April 1974 to December 1975. It was long suspected that the training ground of the criminal who would become the Golden State Killer was uh, Vesalia of California, although earlier Vesalia crimes dating back as early as May 1973, and other sprees like the Cordova, cat Burger, or the Exeter Ransacker, as well as burglars that took place. After the McGowan shooting are now suspected to be linked as well. Over a period of twenty months, the ransacker is believed to have been responsible for one murder and around 120 burglaries. Most of the ransacker's activities involve breaking into houses, roughing through or vandalizing the owner's possessions, scattering women's underclothing, stealing coins and low value or personal items, while often ignoring banknotes and other valuable items in plain sight. In late April 2018, the Visalia chief of police stated that while there is no DNA linking D'Angelo to the Central Valley cases, his department has other evidence that will play a role in the investigation, and that he was confident that the Visalia ransacking has been captured. Though the statutes of limitations for brothers have each expired, D'Angelo was formally charged on August 13, 2018, with the first-degree murder of Claude Snelling in 1975. East Area Rapist, ni- June 1976, July 1979. The Golden State Killer is believed to have moved to the Sacramento area, progressing from burglary to rape in mid 1976. The crimes initially centered on the unincorporated areas of Carmichael, Citrus Heights, and Rancho Cordova, east of Sacramento. His initial modus operandi was to stalk middle-class neighborhoods at night in search of women who were alone in one-story homes, usually near a school, creek, trail, or other open space that would provide a quick escape. He was seen a a number of times, but always successfully fled. On one occasion, he shot and seriously wounded a young pursuer. Most victims have seen or heard of Prowler on their property before the attacks, and many had experienced break-ins. Police believe that the offender would conduct extensive reconnaissance in a targeted neighborhood, looking into windows and prowling in yards before selecting a home attack. It is believed that he sometimes entered the homes of future victims to unlock windows, unload guns, and plant ligatures for later use. He frequently telephoned future victims, sometimes for months in advance, to learn their daily routines. Although he originally targeted women alone in their homes or with children, the offender usually eventually preferred attacking couples. His M.O. was to break in through a window or sliding glass door and awaken their sleeping occupants with a flashlight, threatening them with a handgun. Victims were then bound with ligatures, often shoelaces which he found or brought with him. Blindfolded and gagged with towels which he had ripped into strips, the female victim was usually forced to tie up her male companion before she was bound. The bindings were often so tight that the victim's hands were numb for hours after being untied. He separated the couple, often stacking dishes on the man's back and threatening to kill everyone in the house if he heard them rattle. He moved the woman to the living room and often raped her repeatedly, sometimes for several hours. The offender sometimes spent hours in the home, ransacking closets and drawers, eating food in the kitchen, drinking beer, raping the female again, or making additional threats. Victims sometimes thought he had left the house before he... Jump from the darkness. The offender typically stole items, often personal I- objects and items of little value, but occasionally cash and firearms. He then crept away, leaving victims uncertain if he had left. The offender was believed to escape on foot through a series of yards and then use a bicycle to go home or to a car, making extensive use of parks, schoolyards, creek beds, and other open spaces, which kept him off the street. The rapist operated in Sacramento County from the first attacks in June 1976 until May 1977. After a three-month gap, he struck in nearby San Joaquin County in September before returning to Sacramento for all but one of the next ten attacks. The rapist attacked five times during December 1978 in Stanislaus and Yolo counties before disappearing again for three months. Attacks then moved primarily to Contra Costa County in October and lasted until July 1979. Murders. A young Sacramento couple, Brian, a military policeman at Mather Air Force Base, and Katie Maggiore, were walking their dog in the Rancho Cordova area on the night of February 2, 1978, near where five East Area rapist attacks had occurred. The Maggiores fled after a confrontation in the street but were chased down and shot dead. Some investigators suspected that they had been murdered by the East Area rapists because of their proximity to the other attack's location, and a shoelace was found nearby. The FBI announced on June 15, 2016 that it was confident that the East Air murdered the Maggie Orr's, original Night Stalker, October 1979 to May 1986. Shortly after a rape committed on July 5th, East Air Arab moved to Southern California and first struck in Santa Barbara County in October. The attacks lasted until 1981 with a long 1986 attack and took a darker turn as the rapers began to kill his victims. Only the couple in the first attack survived, alerting neighbors and forcing the intruder to flee. The other victims were murdered by gunshot or bludgeoning since the East Area Rapist was not linked to these crimes for decades. He was known as the Night Stalker in the area before being renamed the original Night Stalker after serial killer Richard Ramirez received the former nickname. 1979. On October 1st, an intruder broke in and tied up a Goletta couple are alarmed him, alarmed by hearing saying, "I'll kill him to himself." The man and woman tried to escape when he left the room, and the room was screamed realizing that the alarm had been erased. Then intruder fled on bicycle. A neighbor and FBI agent responded to the noise and pursued the perpetrator, who abandoned abandoned the bicycle with a knife, and fled on foot through local backyards. The attack was later linked to the offer- Offerman, Manning murders by shoe prints and twine used to bind the victims. On December 30th, 44-year-old Robert Offerman and 35-year-old Deborah Alexander Manning were found shot dead at Offerman's condominium on Avenida Pequena and Goleta. Offerman's bindings were untied, indicating that he had lunged at the attacker. Neighbors had heard gunshots. Paw prints of a large dog were found at the scene, leading to speculations that the killer may have brought one with him. The killer also broke into the agent vacant adjoining residence and stole a bicycle, later found abandoned on the, north, on the street north of the scene from a third residence in the complex. 1980. On March 13, 33-year-old Charlene Smith and 43-year-old Lyman Smith, who were was about to be appointed as a judge, were found murdered in their Ventura home. Charlene Smith had been raped, a log from a woodpile on the side of the house was used to bludgeon the victims to death. Their wrists and ankles had been bound with drapery cord. An unusual Chinese knot, a diamond knot, was used at Charlene's wrist. The same knot was noted in a Sacramento East Area rapist attacks, at least one confirmed case of which was publicly known. The murderer was therefore briefly given the name Diamond Knot Killer. On August 19th 24-year-old Keith Eli Harrington and 27-year-old Patrice Briscoe Harrington were found bludgeoned to death in their home on Cockshell Drive. In Dana's Point, Nigel Shore's educated community, Patrice Harrington, had also been raped. Although there was evidence that the Harrington's wrists and ankles were bound, no ligatures or murder weapon were found at the scene, the Harringtons had been married for three months at the time of their deaths. Patrice was a nurse in Irvine, and Keith was a medical student at UC Irvine, Keith's brother Bruce later spent nearly $2 million supporting California Proposition 69, authorizing DNA collection from all California felons and certain other criminals. 1981. On February 6th, 28 year old Emanuela Whithoon was raped and murdered in her Irvine home. Although Whithoon's body had signs of being tied before she was bludgeoned, no ligatures or murder weapons were found. The victim was married, her husband was hospitalized, and she was alone at the time of the attack. Detectives noted that Wilhoon's television was found in the backyard, possibly the killer's attempt to make the crime appear to be a botched robbery. On July 27th, 35-year-old Cheryl Sherry Domingo and 27-year-old Gregory Sanchez were the original nightstalker's 10th and 11th murder victims. Both were attacked in Domingo's residence on Toltec Way in Golita, some blocks south of Robert Offerman's condominium, where she was living temporarily. It was up. It was owned by a deceased relative up, and up for sale. The offender entered the house through a small bedroom w- bathroom window. Sanchez had not been tied and was shot and wounded in the cheek before he was bludgeoned to death with a garden tool. Some believe that Sanchez may have realized he was dealing with the man responsible for the Offerman Manning murders and tried to tackle the killer rather than be tied up again. Again, no neighbor responded to the gunshot. Sanchez's head was covered with clothes spilled from the closet, and Domingo was raped and bludgeoned. Bruises on her wrists and ankles indicated that she had been tied, although their strands were missing. A piece of shipping twine was found near the bed, and fibers from an unknown source were scattered over her body. Authorities believe that the attacker may have worked as a painter or in a similar job at the Calle Real shopping center. 1986. On May 4th, 18-year-old Janelle Lisa Cruz was found after she was raped and bludgeoned to death in an Irvine home. Her family was on vacation to Mexico at the time of the attack. A pipe wrench, reported missing by Cruz's stepfather was thought to be the murder weapon. The Southern California murders were not initially thought to be connected by investigators in their respective jurisdictions. A Sacramento detective strongly believed that the East Area Rapist was responsible for the Goleta attacks. But the Santa Barbara County Sheriff's Department attributed them to a local career criminal who was later murdered. Investigating the crimes not committed in Goleta caused local police to follow false leads related to men who were close to the female victims. One person later declared was charged with two murders. The cases were linked almost entirely by DNA testing many years later. Suspect profile. Known physical characteristics. These physical characteristics are considered factual based on crime scene evidence and nearly universal created by victims and law enforcement. White male, about 5 feet 10 inches, 1.78 meters tall. Slender, athletic, build size 9 to 9.5 shoe type A blood non secretor sperm does not contain blood group antigens. Physically agile and capable of sprinting, bicycling, and scaling fences. Probable characteristics... These physical characteristics a probable, a small percentage of it described the perpetrator differently. eighteen to twenty five year olds when he raced begins when the rapes began in nineteen seventy six, authorities believe him to be between sixty and seventy five years old in twenty eighteen. Blonde or brine hair, blue or light colored eyes. According to the Sacramento County Sheriff's Department, microscopic pantrills have found that the three crime scenes, two homicides and a rape. This suggests that the Golden State killer may have worked in constructions possibly using a spray paint. Spray gun construction work had been ongoing near the 979 Golden murder scene, and the cold case investigator conducted the development 2003 to identify subcrews working uh, at the site and obtain employment records. Psychological profile after criminals. Ser- ser- serological evidence found at the Southern California murder scenes. A speculative psychological profile of the Golden State killers compiled based on a probabilistic analysis, according to Leslie D. D'Ambrosia, primary author of the profile, the Golden State Killer probably had the following characteristics: an emotional age of the 26 to 30 year old at the time of the murders began in 1979; engaged in paraphilic behavior and brutal sex in his personal life; engaged in sex with prostitutes; had some knowledge of police investigative methods and evidence-gathering techniques; sexually functional, capable of ejaculation with consenting and non-consenting partners; dressed well and would not stand out in upscale neighborhoods. Lived or worked near Ventura, California in 1980. Good physical condition, skilled, experienced cat burglar. May have begun as such. Had a criminal record as a teenager, which ex- was expunged. Had some means of income, but did not work in the early morning hours. Hated women for actual or over- perceived. Wrongs, if married, probably had a submissive spouse who tolerated his sexual deviant behavior. Intelligent and articulate probably began as a voyeur in his late teens or early 20s. Neat and well organized in his personal life and drove a well-maintained car. Peeped in the windows of many people who were not attacked, possibly unmarried, and did not enter into a long-term relationship. Self-assured and confident would continue committing violent crimes until incapacitated by a prison, death, or other intervention would have been described by those who knew him as arrogant, domineering, manipulative, and a chronic liar. The profile speculated that killer might have been incarcerated after Janelle Cruz's murder or killed in the commission of a similar crime. It suggests a review of late 1980s hot prowl burglaries in which a lone male offender has, had been killed. It indicated a slight chance that the Golden State Killer committed suicide and that he was unlikely to be confined in a mental Institution. According to the profile, teleprinter bullets were broadcast to law enforcement agents throughout the United States. After the original homicides, the bulletins requested information on similar home invasions involving sexual assault, murder, bludgeoning, multiple victims, and bondage. As of 2015, no similar crimes have been reported. The profile posited that the Golden State Killer could have continued committing crimes in another country whose records were not linked. Communications. Written. Ex- Excitement gra- Craves, December 11th, 1977. In December 1977, someone claiming to be the East Arabist sent a poem, Excitement's Crave to the East the Sacramento, Bee, Sacramento Mayor's Office and Television Station KVIE. December 11th is the date that a masked man, probably the Golden State Killer, eluded little pursuit by law enforcement personnel after alerting authorities by telephone that he would strike on Av- Watt Avenue that night. Excitement crave all those mortal surviving birth. Upon facing maturity, take inventory of their worth to prevailing society. Choosing values becomes a task one himself must seek satisfaction. The selected right one masks character. When plans to take action, accepting some work at pre- to perform at fixed pay but promised for more is a recognized social norm, as is decorum. Seeking lore, achieving what others are lifting should be cause for deserving fame. Leisure, attempts excitement-seeking, what's right and expected same tame. Jesse James has been seen by all and son of Sam has an author. Others feel now feel Tip Ditches call. Sacramento should make an awful offer to make a movie of my life that will pay for my planned exile. Just now I'd like to add the wife of a mafia lord to my file, East your East Area rapist. And deserving pass. See you in the press or on TV. Homework Pages and Punishment Map, December 9, 1978. During the investigation of the 42nd attack in Danville, investigators discovered three sheets of notebook paper near where a suspicious vehicle had reportedly been parked, although no associated with the East Air Ribs has been proven. The first sheet contains what appears to be an essay on General George Armstrong Custer. The second sheet contains a journal-style entry describing a teacher who made students write lines, which... The author found humiliated. Mad is the word, the word that reminds me of sixth grade. I hated that year. I wish I had known what was going to be going on during my sixth grade year. The last and worst year of elementary school. Mad is the word that remains in my head about my dreadful year as a sixth grader. My madness was one that was caused by disappointments that hurt me very much. Disappointments from my teacher, such as field trips that were planned, then canceled. My sixth grade teacher gave me a lot of disappointments which made me very mad and made me built a state of hatred in my heart. No one ever let me down that hard before, and I never hated anyone as much as I did him. This point wasn't the only reason that made me mad in my sixth grade class. Another was getting in trouble at school, especially take, talking. That's what really bugged me was writing sentences, those awful sentences that my teacher made me write. Hours and hours, I'd sit and write 50, 100, 150 sentences day and night. i write those dreadful paragraphs, which embarrassed me, and more important, it made me ashamed of myself, which in turn, deep, deep down inside, made me realize that writing a sentence wasn't fair, it wasn't fair to make me suffer suffer like that, it just wasn't fair to make me sit and write until my bones ached, until my hand felt, like, felt every horrid pain it ever had, and as I wrote, I got madder and madder, and, and until I cried. I cried because I was ashamed, I cried because I was disgusted, I cried because I was mad, and I cried for myself, kid who kept on having to write those dang sentences. My angriness from 6th grade will scar my memory for life, and I'll be ashamed for my 6th grade year forever. On the last sheet was a hand-drawn map of what appears to be a suburban neighborhood with the word punishment scrawled across the reverse side. Investigators were unable to identify the area depicted in the map, although the artist clearly had knowledge of architectural layout and landscape design according to Detective Larry Poole. The map is a fantasy location representing the gold stickler's desired striking ground. Phone calls. I'm the East Side Rapist. March 18, 1977. On March 18, 1977, the Sacramento County Sheriff's Office received three calls from a man claiming to be the East Area Rapist. None were recorded. The first two calls received at 4:15 and 4:30 p.m. were identical and ended up with the caller laughing and hanging up. The final came in at 5 p.m. With the caller saying, I'm the East Side Rapist, and I have my next victim already stalked, and you guys can't catch me. Never gonna catch me, December 2nd, 1977. A man claiming to be the rapist called the Sacramento Police, saying, You're never gonna catch me, East Area Rapist, you dumb fuckers. I'm gonna fuck again tonight. Careful. The call was recorded and later released. Similarly to the previous call, the East Side Rapist attacked his next victim the same night. Merry Christmas, December 9th, 1977. A previous victim received received a phone call during the night saving Christmas season, which she attributed to her attacker. Call said, Merry Christmas, it's me again, Watt Avenue, December 10th, 1977. Shortly before 10 p.m. on December 10th, 1977, the Sacramento authorities received two identical calls saying, I'm going to hit tonight, Watt Avenue. Both were recorded, and the caller was identified as the same person who placed a December 2nd call. Law enforcement patrols were increased that night, and at 2.30 a.m., a masked man eluded officers after being seen bicycling on the Watt Avenue Bridge. When spotted again at 4.30 a.m., his discarded, he discarded the bicycle, fled on foot. The bicycle had been stolen. Gonna kill you, January on 2nd, 1978. The first known rate received the wrong number call as of foray on January 2nd, 1978. The call was recorded, and police suspect that it may be... The same call, who made a threatening call to her later that evening. That call was recorded and identified by the victim as the voice of her assailant. The caller said, gonna kill you, gonna kill you, gonna kill you, bitch, 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 fucking whore. Counseling service, January 6, 1978. A man claiming to be the East Area Rabus called the con- contact counselor and said, I have a problem, I need help because I don't want to do this anymore. After a short conversation, the caller said, I believe you are tracing this call and hung up. Later called, 1982 1991. In 1982, a previous victim received a call at a place of work, a restaurant, during which the rapist threatened to rape her again. According to Contra Costa County investigator Paul Holes, the rapist must have had a chance to patronize the restaurant and recognize his victim there. In 1991, a previous victim received a phone call from the perpetrator and spoke with him for one minute. She could hear a woman and children in the back of the lady's speculation that he had a family. Final call, two thousand one, on April six, two thousand one. One day after the article on the Sacramento Bee linked the original Night Stalker and the East Air the victim of the representative call, call from it. He asked, "Remember when we played investigation?" This billboard announcement appeared nationwide in June 2, 2016, Before officially connecting the original Night Stucker to the East Air Rivers in two thousand one, some law enforcement. Officials from the Sacramento County Sheriff's Department sought to link the Goleta cases as well. The links were primarily due to simulators in M.O. One of the already linked original night second double murders occurred in Ventura, 40 miles, 64 kilometers southeast of Goleta, and remaining murders were committed in Orange County, an additional 90 miles, 140 kilometers southeast. In 2001, several terrapes in Contra Costa County believed to have been committed by the East Arab were linked by DNA to the smith harrington Whitheen, and Cruz murders. A decade later, DNA evidence indicated that the Dominguez-Sanchez murders were committed by the Golden State Killer. On June 15, 2016, the FBI released the further information related to the crimes, including new composite sketches and crime details. A 50000 reward was also announced. The initiative included a national database for support law enforcement investigating the crimes and hand tips and information. Suspects. During the investigation, several people were considered as eliminated as suspects. Bar- Brett Glasby from Galata was considered a suspect by Santa Barbara County investigators. He was murdered in Mexico in 1982 before the murder of Janelle Cruz. Just eliminate him as a suspect, Paul Cornfed, Schneider, or high-ranking member of the Aryan Brotherhood, was living in Orange County when the Harrington's Manuel Whithead and Janelle Cruz were killed. A DNA has cleared him in the 1990s. Joe Alsup, a friend and business partner of the victim. Lyman Smith, ALSEP's pastor, said that ALSEP had confessed to him during a family counseling session. ALSEP was arraigned for the Smiths' murders in 1982, but the charges were later dropped, and his innocence was confirmed by DNA testing in 1997. In November 2002, journalist Colleen Kaysen wrote a newspaper series about the murders for the Ventura County Star. According to Kaysen, detective Larry Poole of the Orange County Sheriff's Department visited California's death row at San Quentin in an attempt to locate the Golden State Killer. Coole suspected the killer had been captured and sentenced to death for another violent crime. However, no genetic samples collected from the death row inmates matched the DNA of the Golden State Killers. Joseph James D'Angelo On April 24, 2018, Sacramento County Sheriff's Office arrested Joseph James D'Angelo, a former police officer in Auburn and Exeter, California. He was charged with eight counts of first-degree murder with special circumstances. On May 10, Santa Barbara County's District Attorney's Office charged D'Angelo with four additional counts of first-degree murder. Identification of D'Angelo had begun foremost early when the officials led by Detective Paul Holt uploaded the killer's DNA profile from a Ventura County rape kit to the personal genomics website GEDmatch. The website identified 10 to 20 distant relatives of the Golden State killers showing the same great-great-great-grandparents from whom a team of Five investigators working with gene- genealogist Barbara Ray Venner constructed a large family tree. They identified two suspects in, ca- in, one- in the case, one of whom was ruled out by a relative's DNA test, leaving D'Angelo the main suspect. On April 18th, the DNA sample was co- surreptitiously collected from the door handle of D'Angelo's car, and later another sample was collected from a tissue found in D'Angelo's curbside garbage can. Both were matched to samples associated with Golden State Killer Crimes. After D'Angelo's arrest, some commentators raised concerns about the ethics of the secondary use of personally identifiable information. I will continue in part two of Golden State Killer. Keep continuing to listen.